On today's show, let's talk about Evan Mobley at the five and why that is such a big part of his evolution as we get forward with him. On a new episode of Lockdown Cavs, let's get into it. You are Locked On Cavs, your daily Cleveland Cavaliers podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices, that's guaranteed. I am Chris Manning. I cover the Cavs for SB Nation, write for places like Cleveland Magazine, host the Just Basketball Show with Brennan Clean. Subscribe to that, by the way, as well. Jake Stevens, as always, is producing... Today's show is all about Evan Mobley at the five, asking the question, is more of him at the five his evolution? I would argue, yeah, personally, but we'll get into the specific. Segment one is going to be about why those lineups with Mobley at the five work. Segment two, we're going to talk about the part of this that I think is perhaps the most tricky which is why it's a good playoff adjustment. And this could be subjective, but I, I think there's some stuff we've seen in this year's playoffs that lead me to think it's a good idea. And segment three, is it good for Mobley? I think it's good for the team. We talked about that on Monday's show as well. Or at least I did. But is it also good for Mobley? I'm again going to argue in the affirmative. So why did these lineups work in the first place? Um, if you listen to the Big Man show, you know, you know that the lineup date in the regular season was good. It wasn't going to the playoffs. Those lineups got kind of beat up. That's a structural problem I think you can solve. And Mobley just gets better, and it maybe takes care of itself. Okay. In the regular season, those lineups were plus 8.2 per 100 possessions. That's really good. That's, you, you take that. That's a really nice differential for, for those lineups at the five. Why I think they work is even with not perfect shooting, even with not the most spaced out stuff you could have, those lineups move the ball. Those lineups are are putting four guys on the perimeter in most cases. Mobley has room to to slip, to roll, to do different things on offense. It's it's less clogged up for him in the paint. I think that's just a reality. Certainly, there, there's more defense responsibility. Certainly, those lineups weren't as great defensively as the Cavs, Allen, plus Mobley lineups. But they're really good, and they're, they're a good thing to have when you're not going to play Jared Allen, obviously, 48 minutes. Now, there is some noise in that regular season lineup data. According to the Clean of the Glass, those lineups were 1,641 possessions total. The most common lineup in there was 178 possessions. That, that was Garland, Mitchell, Levert, Lamar Stevens. We'll talk about him again. Evan Mobley. There is not totally a rhyme or reason in terms of the personnel of why these lineups worked. Some of those lineups, even with Mitchell and Garland and Mobley, were not good. But the sample sizes are small. I think this speaks to a bigger Cavs problem that they didn't always know their guys were, who they could trust, um, kind of who 
was really kind of the set rotation and, and the levers you would pull. I think you could feel them kind of searching for answers in, in injuries as, as well. But I think that the numbers and the film and just what and looking back at them tells you is that I think the idea of them is good and that it works. The idea of them in that you're going to put Evan Mobley at the five, you're going to play a little quicker, you're going to have more room for him to roll, and you're going to have guys on the perimeter is a pretty like good way to just build out what an offense could be. And I think there are things you can look at and say, okay, th- this can work going forward. This isn't just like a, a weird thing, and the playoffs tells us that this isn't a thing. Obviously, the rebounding will have to get better. I, I think that's just that's a baseline for where Mobley is at. That's probably one of the biggest. That is one of the biggest things for him next year. I think, but I think that these on the aggregate succeeded without really optimal spacing would give me a lot of hope, would give me some optimism if I'm Cleveland. The fact that you had these work without, you know, like a a plus-plus shooter or even a plus shooter uh, as an off-ball threat that wasn't Mitchell or Garland, you didn't have one of your role guys really spacing, I think that's a good thing. I think that bodes well for you if you're the Cavs. So that would give me some hope. Secondly, I I think there are ideas of them in terms of who you put at the four that worked. I like the Lomar Stevens lineups in this case because Stevens will give you rebounding. He will give you physicality. This goes back to the argument of why you should play him in the playoffs. Those lineups were plus 3.5 per under possessions. The best one had him obviously at power forward. Now, is that a big difference compared to him in the ones with Dean Wade at the four? No, plus three per hundred with Wade at power forward with Mobley at the five. So not a big difference there. But I like the idea of a bulkier guy to kind of handle some of the physicality, to do some rebounding stuff that can crash the glass a little bit better. Stevens, for his position, is a good rebounder. Wade, for his position, uh, not a good rebounder. That's just the reality of it. So I, I kind of like that structural bit. The key going forward, I think, with these and, and how it could continue to work is add more spacing. I, I think it's, again, positive that these worked without great spacing, but I think go getting more shooting could work and I think would really help with some of these. I mean, you could talk yourself into Jetty Osmond in some of these lineups like being a thing that works for you in that case, right? You could tell yourself, okay, you can you can survive with Jetty. You know, Evan Mobley can can cover some of the defensive stuff and you get, you know, maybe your best off-ball shooter, which is a scary thought, I'll admit, but Jetty Osmond post Kevin Love is probably your best off-ball shooter. Again, just think about that for a second. Cavs were uh, a weird team, but you go Mobley at the five in those situations and you have Jetty on the court where where Mobley is on the court with him and playing the five, those lineups, those lineups like make sense and and they were plus 18.5 per hundred possessions and 752 possessions. So those lineups like really worked and Osmond was often the four in those cases. The most common one only plays 67 possessions. Okay, so like take that for a grain of salt. Take take that with a grain of salt. This isn't always going to like be these big sample sizes. That's one of the weirdest things out of any of this in Cavs retrospective is that there's not these really big, I think, overwhelming lineups that we should be like, oh, like that's something that's just going to carry over. There's a lot of mix and match and projection to me. But like you put a shooter in there. Like, Garland, Levert, Okoro, Osmond, Mobley. 67 possessions outscored teams by 50 points per under possessions. That's kind of crazy. Again, bad rebounding rate. But, like, you're, gonna, you're always going to sacrifice stuff. And maybe more spacing 
or shooting, even if Mobley isn't like an apex rebounder in year three, and obviously was not last year, maybe that's worth to chase something to kind of differentiate yourself and give your offense a little bit of a boost. All right, after this, we're going to talk about playoff parts of Mobley at the five, because there are centers in the way they are playing that I think today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. There are flash deals on last-minute tickets. They're easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. There are images of seat views. Game Time is the place for last-minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive fast deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. The Game Time Guarantee, by the way, means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section or row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code LOCKDOWNNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Again, terms apply. Create an account. Redeem the code LOCKEDNBA for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Thanks for making Lockdown Cavs your first listen every day. Every day is going to be back tomorrow talking more about Mobley at the five, some of the lineup stuff, some of the, the ways that this can get better, and some of where he needs to grow to kind of to really make this work. So that's going to be a continued emphasis here on the show. Playoff adjustment stuff with this. Mobley at the five is, is something that I think will bring up positives in him. Let's start there. Think about some of the ways the Cavs play quicker. Think about some of the ways the Cavs last season got moving in the right direction. With tempo, with with some oomph, with some oeuvre, right? With some vitality. I'm just saying words now, I guess. He, when he gets a live rebound, will push and go. And get the ball up past half court at like 16 seconds. Excuse me, like well before 16 seconds. When Mitchell or Garland get the ball in the backcourt, they often drag. They often take their time. Defense gets set. The Cavs still score. They were like a top 10 offense last year. But they make life harder on themselves at times. Mobley is one of the few guys on this roster from last season. The other ones being Isaac Okoro. Never selling that stock. Tell you that much. Claw that out of my, my dead hand. And Jetty Osmond, who... Uh, I would probably trade. And those are the guys that move the ball. Mobley's one of the three guys that really likes to play with a little oomph, with a little pace in, in that way. He will bring up the ball. He'll get you into a... He doesn't really get you into a set, but he gets the ball across half court and like gets it to a guard and sometimes attacks, and it's, it's at least the beginning of something. He gets to the playoffs this year. I watched Bam out of bio, and one of the big adjustments Eric Spolstra has made with him over the course of the playoffs, this was a couple rounds ago now, but it's, it's an adjustment he made, so stick with me. Bam would be the one who brings up the ball. Bam then helps initiate the offense. He kind of plays de facto point guard. It takes the burden off of Jimmy and of 
Caleb Martin and Gabe Vincent and all their guys, and they can get into sets in different ways and throw different looks at defenses. It adds layers to your offense without doing anything really crazy. It's just have someone else bring up the ball and, and throw the first pass or make the read. That is a pretty easy thing to do if you're Evan Mobley. And I think where he's going as a passer, I don't think he's going to be like a Jokic passer. That's not going to happen. But this is going to be someone who I think can create, can move the ball, can get pretty like up to four or five assists a game. I don't think that's unreasonable for kind of the best version of passing a Mobley. And again, it will throw a different look at the defense. It will throw something different at them. You look at other centers in the playoffs. Jokic does this. I, I, I understand he's Jokic, but that's something you see him do. You know, I've, I've talked about Giannis as, a, as a something someone Moby can learn from before on the show. Giannis brings up the ball. I think this is just like a basic way to get Mobley more involved in offense and give him more responsibility to integrate him further into the offense. And, and look, I think the pace thing really does matter. One of the, if, if I have something with the Cavs offense that I think leaves me wanting more than anything else, I think it is the pace question. I think, obviously in the aggregate, they succeeded and had like a pretty efficient offense, a top 10 offense. But I think something they could just do better is play with a little more tempo and play with a little more oomph and get into things and have sets that are just kind of constantly moving and making defenses work. They have the talent to, and, and to, to thrive against said defenses at times. Obviously, didn't work in the playoffs, but okay. That, that's another reason. You, you maybe throw that in, it loosens things up a little bit in the playoffs, and it takes some reps and some mileage off of Garland and Mitchell to just have to initiate every single time down the floor. Well, we can ease their burden in, I think, an important way. But you get into, if you can just play a little quicker and get, the, get into your set at 20, you could probably run two or three actions before there's eight seconds left, and you're going to have a better chance of getting a, a good shot. Garland doesn't always love to play that way. Mitchell does not always love to play that way, I think, especially. He loves to kind of drag things down and, and, and kind of play a, without a, a real tempo unless it's a clear fast break opportunity. Mobley's the one of their real core three that likes to push, that likes to do that stuff. And I think if you do that, and I think if, if you help kind of unlock that part of his game by giving him the reps to do it, it's going to pay off in the playoffs. That, that means if you need to do what Miami has done with Bam and have him kind of run sets and have him run actions, it's going to be better for you. It's going to work better. I think just tempo will make this offense better. I think getting Mobley those reps will make the offense better, will make him better as an offensive player. And I think it just adds layers to your offense. You, look, I, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I am the, the film bus of a Nikias Duncan or a Steve Jones or a, a Mo DeKeel or any of the many, many great people who do film work on Twitter. I'm not going to like always be able to like label sets for you and tell you all that stuff. But I watch a lot of basketball. I talk to people about basketball quite a bit. It's kind of just what I do. It's what I think is fun. I, I love, I, actually, I like generally just love basketball. You talk to people about it. And you talk to people about what works with Miami, what works for Denver, these teams that are in the freaking NBA Finals right now. They don't always do it. Sometimes the, these teams will drag in in half court. 
but you play with tempo, you play with motion, you're creating different looks, and then it forces the defense to counter. They will counter. Miami's done that well with the zone at times. You know, like, sometimes you just need individual brilliance to, to win out. That's why you have Donovan Mitchell and give up all the picks for him, right? But you you look at this, and I think it's just like leaving food on the table if you're not going to embrace some of this stuff with Mobley. At times, I would just, like, let him, like, bring up the ball. Even if it's not off a rebound and he just organically does it, let him bring up the ball. Just do it. I think your offense will be better if you empower Mobley in that way more. All right, one more break. Going to come back, and we're going to touch on, is this good for Mobley? I think you can guess, based on the tone of what I've talked about the rest of the show, that uh, it is, in fact, good for Mobley. But first, got to tell you about our friends at Prize Picks. To play Prize Picks, a sponsor of today's episode, you pick two to five players, and they score more or less than their Prize Picks projections. You win. You can up to 10 times your money on any entry. There's no competing against other people. This is you versus the projections available. PrizePix offers projections on any sport that you watch. This includes the NBA, the NFL, MLB, college football, men's college basketball, soccer, WNBA, MMA, boxing, golf. Why going on in golf right now? Cricket and more. Enters can be made in 60 seconds or less. It is that easy. They offer safe and fast withdrawals. Currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. Download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, Prize Picks will give you $100. If you deposit $50, Prize Picks will give you $50. Don't forget to enter that promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. So, if there's a question beyond, can he do this? Why this works? Is this good for Mobley? Is playing more five good for Evan Mobley? And I, and I think the answer is yes. It's an unequivocal yes. You think no, I think you misunderstand what the NBA is right now, and I think you misunderstand what Evan Mobley is. Is it true that right now he is best served starting and playing a bulk of his minutes with a five like Jared Allen? Yeah. I don't come away from last season or the year before, or the playoffs for that matter, looking at Evan Mobley and thinking he is fully ready to play a full 82-game season at the five. I don't. Could this summer change that? Yeah. Could this summer get us to a point where he is bulked up and, and he, he, we see the first 20 games and he just knocks our doors off in that way and he's rebounding better and he's playing more physical inside and he handles some of the brunt and the grind of center? For sure. That is possible. At some point, that summer is going to happen. Is it this summer? I don't know. Is it year four summer? Maybe more likely, right? Still 21 years old. This isn't like a finished product by any stretch of the imagination. But the five is just part of Evan Mobley's future as a player. It just is. Will... It'd be vital for the Caps to always have like another big to play with him at times. I think yes. I think you know even if they were to trade Jaron Allen tomorrow, you would want to go get bigs or a big at least to pair with him and and have that look. It's why like 
if you were to like get like a Vijay Zubac in a wing, I could talk, you could talk me into being like, okay, that's, that's better than just Jared Allen in the aggregate. If you had Zubac and then a wing, Ed Mobley versus just Allen and Mobley. You could talk me into that. I don't know if I fully believe it or if I'm on board with that, but you could talk me into it. Maybe if the Clippers threw Jason Preston in, um, we could talk. I'm like half kidding. Shout out the Ohio Bobcats. But the part of this that I think is just indisputable is that Mobley is going to be a five at some point. If we go back to when he was drafted, there's a Brian Winhorst story about Mobley and the Cavs getting him. And I think this may have even been, I don't remember exactly when the story was actually, if I'm being honest, but there was an anecdote in there about, oh, this might've been, regardless, this story had an, there's a Winnie story that might've been after they had that really successful start to the year, that year, maybe that's it, where, Mo, there was like I think it's like sources in Mobley's camp or people in Mobley's camp don't necessarily believe that like they were surprised at the the hundred million dollars for Allen that you know they didn't know if they'd play together long term. I think that's because they probably think he's going to be a five at some point, and I think he's going to be a five at some point. And I think Kobe Altman probably thinks he's going to be a five at some point. Is he one right now? No. Can he dabble in it successfully? The lineup data from last year, the film from last regular season would tell you yes. I contend, as I said on yesterday's show, that the Knicks matchup particularly just maybe wasn't the one to really be able to rely on that. That's where you really missed having a third big. I don't think that's a thing you're going to have every night against every team when you're going around the NBA playing teams that have even worse, that don't have Mitch Robinson and Isaiah Hardenstein, that teams that have a subpar backup center. Or just like a bad starting center, right? Like, I, I don't think those lineups are doomed or like can't work as like a thing in the regular season because of what we saw in the playoffs last year because they did work in the regular season last year. But Mobley is going to be a five at some point. What does that exactly look like? I don't think we know yet. Does it turn into an AD situation where he gets a lot bulkier and it changes him a little bit? I, I would kind of hope not. You know, is is it something where you play really quick with him and you still have a bulkier forward with him? I think that's that's possible. You have kind of like a, a bulkier bruise, your bigger four to play with him up front that can space. I, th- I think that's there's something to that kind of matchup of and synergy of types of basketball players. But he's going to be a five, I think, at some point. I think getting him ready for that and getting him reps to play as a five a bunch is not only good for the team, is not only good for them because I think they work on most nights. Those lineups really do, I think, tr- like actually work on most nights against most teams in most situations. But it's going to prep him for that. It's going to get him used to the bump in the grind of the five. It's going to get him used to different defensive responsibilities. I mean, like it, it's, it's likely that like when we see Mobley go to the five and he makes that move, his defense responsibilities could change. He plays a ton of help right now. He kills it in that role. He just finished top three in defense player of the year voting because he was in that role for most of his minutes. If he shifts to center, that's going to change a little bit. Unless you get like a elite rim protecting guy next to him, that's just going to change a little bit. 
It's going to ask different things of him. It's going to stretch his greatness in different ways. I think getting him ready for that is key. I think this is just headed there. Maybe I am wrong. Maybe he never bulks up in that way. Maybe he just stays a four and he's this seven foot monster who's great next to centers and it's kind of part of who he is. Maybe that's where it is. I just think with where the NBA is, where a lot of teams don't play too bigs all the time, where we have seen guys like him kind of grow into playing the five over the course of their careers. I just think that's where this is headed. And I think playing at the five now, it's good for him. It's good for the team. It's good for him now. It's good for the team now. It's good for Evan Mobley later as well. All right, that's going to be it for Lockdown Cavs for Wednesday, June 7th. I'm Chris Manning. Back at you tomorrow, everydayers. Peace out. Enjoy Game 3 of the NBA Finals, which you'll listen. You'll get to watch after tuning into this. Be well. Have a great Wednesday.